it, it's a big differentiation because people will, you know, often think, well, it's just all, it's all intimacy. Well, the sexual touch is a lot different than just the physical touch. So the holding hands, walking down the street type of holding hands, even in the home, is much different than the holding hands like we're leading into something more. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. If you're a busy couple and prioritizing your sex life has been difficult, then this episode is for you. And we are so grateful to have with us Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. So Tony and Elisa are the founders of One Extraordinary Marriage, which is a top-rated marriage podcast. And folks, they are passionate about building strong sexual intimacy. Um, they're also the co-founders of Intimacy U. And um, man, you guys have a wealth of information to pour into our audience today about scheduling sex. So yes. Uh, let's jump in and if you guys will just like share with us when, when this topic comes up, because it comes up a lot in, in your conversations with couples, um, when it comes up, what are some of the responses that you hear from folks? Oh, <laughs> some of the responses are, well, then it, it's not romantic uh-huh. or it's, it's not, not creative. Spon- yeah, it's not creative. It's not spontaneous. Mm-hmm. It feels like we we're not going to be able to have fun within the confines of scheduling sex. Mm-hmm. Right. I hear, I hear it's not organic. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it should just flow. You know, it mm-hmm. should just be like, I'm there, you're there, we're in the moment. Mm-hmm. Bam. We should just bump into each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think that myth comes from? Where does that myth come from? Wow. I think that myth comes from Hollywood mm-hmm. in all seriousness in that if we look at Hollywood or we look at movies, we look at TV shows, we, we, we watch these programs about around romance or your rom-coms. And it's always mm-hmm. this scene that everything is set up. Perfect. The myth of scheduling sex, I really do believe comes from media, mm-hmm. Hollywood, movies, TV shows, we're, mm-hmm. we're constantly watching it. And it shows us that sex just happens. Honestly, it's this romantic endeavor. And the guy, you know, sweeps the woman off her feet. There's, there's flower petals all over the bed and they just, every time they, they come together. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's just like, it's just this, this amazing electric time together. And then we have sex and cool. And we move on. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that most of us have really, really busy lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we don't have a screenwriter. 
<laughs> and the lighting is usually not just set to like, you know, number 27. <laughs> and, you know, there's number. no background music mm-hmm. because I can't handle Elisa, music. Elisa can't handle music, yeah. <laughs> and we have kids and we have, you know, businesses and all of this kind of stuff. And somebody's sending you a text and somebody's, you know, screaming mommy. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't what it looks like on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So how do you guys respond to folks when they say, hey, it, it should be more spontaneous or organic or um, natural? How do, how do you respond to that? How do you burst that bubble? Well, usually the question is, well, how often are you having sex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we, it's just asking to find out, well, okay, you're telling me you want spontaneous sex mm-hmm. because we're talking about between spontaneous versus scheduled sex mm-hmm. in this moment. And so our response typically is, well, how often are you having sex? Mm. Yep. Is spontaneous working? Right. Mm -hmm. Is that as often as you actually want to be having sex? Because, you know, husband and wife, they've got this number Mm -hmm. in their head, Mm. which doesn't necessarily always get conveyed out of their mouth and into their spouse's ears Mm -hmm. because everybody's just waiting for it to happen. Yeah. And it's not happening. And then you have all this frustration and resentment that's building Mm -hmm. up. And the flip side of that is that, you know, everything important in our life actually shows up on a calendar. <laughs> yep. That's true. Right. Yep. Us even being able to do this interview, you know, 10 minutes before the hour, sweet little reminder pops up on my phone. Don't forget we're doing this pops up on his phone. And, mm-hmm. and you know, all of this type of happens. We, mm-hmm. we live by our schedule. Yes. So true. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means we need to figure out how to keep the creativity and the spontaneity and that organic feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm while still also living within a structure. Ah, So you're saying that folks can have both. They can structure it, schedule it, and still have that sweet spontaneity and organic feel. Totally. Elise and I have been doing this for 12 years, (laughs) and we have worked through scheduling sex, and I think we've perfected it pretty well. For our marriage. For our marriage, Mm -hmm. and have helped thousands of other couples start their own intimacy lifestyle and enjoy it and and work within that. So there is knowing that, Hey, we are going to be having sex this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many times is going to be up dependent upon each couple, but we know it's going to happen. And then we can fill in how we're going to do that. Nice. That brings up a question for me. So once you've talked a couple into, okay, put it on your calendar, you know, make sure it goes ding right now. Now with their expectation, thinking about it or knowing that they will, you know, maybe achieve their number for that week, what sense of emotion does that bring them? Like, is there a relief or like, how does that help them? Yeah. Well, and it depends on how they've structured it. Right. And what the emotional intimacy is behind building up their sexual intimacy. I mean, here at One Extraordinary Marriage, we talk about six different intimacies. Okay. We talk, I mean, obviously, we're talking about sexual intimacy right now. Okay. The emotional intimacy is really the conversations uh-huh. that happen around every area of your life. We also talk about financial intimacy, recreational intimacy, which is the stuff that the two of you do together. Mm-hmm. We talk about spiritual intimacy, and we talk about physical intimacy, which is like all of the non-sexual. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like that you differentiate between sexual intimacy and physical intimacy. Yes. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a big differentiation because people will, you know, often think, well, it's just, all, it's all intimacy. Well, the sexual touch is a lot different than just the physical touch. Yep. Yep. So the holding hands, walking down the street type of holding hands, even in the home mm-hmm. is much different than the holding hands. Like we're leading into something more. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there, there are, there, yeah. there are tiny, I mean, there's small differences, 
but we know mm-hmm. if yeah. you've been with your spouse enough, you know, sort of that tug and that feel and the squeeze that ends up happening, sure. leading into that. Yeah. Right. And, and so as we're looking at that, you know, when couples get to this place where they're, they're considering scheduling sex, mm-hmm. it's not just like, well, I'm just going to throw something on the calendar and hope that it sticks. Mm-hmm. It's actually having conversations around what does this look like for the two of us? How many times a week do we want to have sex? Mm-hmm. Some couples have never had that conversation. Wow. Yeah. And wow. so it's, it's starting to n- navigate that for the two of you and go, okay, well, you know, maybe I want four and he wants two or, or whatever your numbers are. And folks, whatever your number is, it's your number. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you, and you start somewhere, right. Mm-hmm. And there's probably some give and take some compromise, yes. but for 30 days you start. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that number can change. It can change throughout the months, throughout the years, season to season. Mm-hmm. Right. Season yep. You know, if you've got little kids and you're totally sleep deprived, <laughs> that number may change. Yep. If you're a first responder, like there's a couple in the one family, they're both EMTs. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're home about 10 days a month together. together. Wow. So how they build their intimacy lifestyle looks a lot different yeah. because, you know, sleep schedules and, mm. you know, being home. Mm-hmm. And so you look at those things so that you can then, yeah. you know, you just start with the question, how many times a week mm-hmm. do we want to have sex? Yeah. Was that a difficult conversation for them? I think, I think if you're in a space where your emotional intimacy isn't on par, like if all you've been talking about are kids work laundry, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little difficult. I think to get to that place of like, well, Hey, how many times are we going to have sex this week? <laughs> right. It, it, it could come out of the blue. I do believe though, as we begin to open up, um, emotionally to one another and begin to talk about sex openly, honestly, and transparently to one another, yeah. having that conversation gets easier. Yeah. I do believe it's a conversation that even needs to be had to just say, Hey, you know what, what, how many times would you like to have sex in a week? Mm-hmm. You know, where are you at right now? Because you know, it's, you know, what's going on in your spouse's mind and you're thinking it. So let's just have that conversation outside of the bedroom, away from the kiddos, away from all the, the chatter, the phones, and just talk about it. And when Elise and I did it the first time ourselves, you know, we, we just had to look at each other and go, okay, what, what would that look like? Because mm-hmm. prior to that, we were having sex maybe one time a, one time a month. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and that wasn't working for you. Yeah. <laughs> No, it wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't working. We were, we were like roommates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And that leaves you with serious deficits. And like you said earlier, the animosity is growing. The frustration is growing because you, you, you want more, you mm-hmm. expect more, but the expectations are not matching what's happening. Correct. And then maybe you make it personal about, well, that other person must not, or doesn't like me or doesn't want me or I'm not desirable yeah. or and right. all those yep. things that go on. And one of the things I want to say about this is when we talk about scheduling sex, we're not necessarily saying, you know, Tuesday at 9.07. Yeah, good point. <laughs> right. Scheduling sex is, you know, looking at how frequently the two of you want to have sex and then saying, okay, what does it look like to just start dividing up the week or the month, mm-hmm. however the two of you do? Because one of the important aspects about this is that both husbands and wives have a need to feel desired. Right. Which means that initiating on both sides is important Mm -hmm. and and you've got to have the conversation Mm. around that as well. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Say a couple comes to you and says, okay, Tony and Elisa, we hear you. We, we want to go ahead and take your advice. We want to schedule sex. 
We've talked about it. We want to convince us. Yeah, yeah. we, we want to have sex this many times per week. What's their next step in making sure that this goes well? Great question. Yeah, that is a fantastic question. So one of the things that Elise and I then begin to look at is in our marriage and in many marriages, there's one spouse who typically is initiating the majority of the time. Yes. Right. And that spouse is either accepted or rejected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's just the way it goes. And it can yeah. go either way. Husband could be initiating, sure. wife could initiate. Right. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. So that lower drive spouse ends up controlling a lot. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. And so what we came up with next was like, okay, how many days, which for us was two days a week. Mm-hmm. That's what we came up to. That was our days. And then the next step was we cannot have it so that only one of us is always initiated. Okay. Mm. Because you got to be able to work in conjunction with the, with one yeah. another to know that it's reciprocated and it's going to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take many of you out of your comfort zone. It really is because you're going to go like, oh, well, I've never initiated, so I can't do that. And, and I would say, no, you can. It's just making a choice to romance your spouse right. in the way that you romance your spouse. Right. Yeah. So coming up with that and understanding that this wasn't going to be a one-way street really allowed both of us to, to dive in together and work with one another to understand what does initiating look like for Elisa to initiate to, towards me mm-hmm. and what does it look like for me to initiate towards Elisa. Sure. And that was a huge breakthrough, I think, for both of us. Well, and that has to be communicated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, because a lot of times or not, I won't say a lot of times, but for some spouses, they're initiating maybe more subtle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if your spouse doesn't know that you're initiating and then they don't engage with that and you get your feelings hurt because you're like, I totally initiated and they didn't respond. Yeah. Well, if they don't know, like you want to set the two of you up for success. <laughs> right. So have the conversation. Here's a couple, three ways that I might be initiating or more. Mm-hmm. You always have more. Yep. Yeah. But then you allow your spouse to go, oh, wait, that is a green light signal. That that means they're initiating. That means, and, and so then all of a sudden it becomes this partnership around the sexual intimacy. So it's not all one-sided. It's not one person having to deal with rejection because that was a big component. Rejection was a big component of our sexual intimacy yeah. for the first 12 years. Yeah, and initiate, I just want to, I want to share something because even in our marriage, the initiating part was something that we had to communicate with one another. We had to understand because Elisa would say, well, I do initiate. And you're like, huh? My mind, her initiating would have been like, you come in with lingerie, there's a chandelier and you sort of jump on that chandelier and you swing and you just land on the bed right next to me. And you're just like, take me, Tony. You know, that would have been my way of seeing it. Um, Uh He goes, well, do you know, do you notice when like, we're in the kitchen or we're somewhere and I'm just, and I'm rubbing, I'm close to you and I'm rubbing your, your forearm. And I'm like, yeah, and she goes, I'm initiating. Nice. Oh, oh well, that's all wow. different than the way I would be initiated. Yep. Yep. And by the way, in 23 years of marriage, we've never had a chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> so like where that fantasy Next year, from, there's like, one installed in your bedroom. You're like, what? I keep exactly. waiting. I keep uh, waiting with like a little zip line. Yeah. But this is powerful. It that, really is. That you have had this conversation, not only about how often, but now, hey, we both need to be initiating. But what does that look like for each of us mm-hmm. to initiate? So you kind of have these flags now, these cues that you know, okay, when Elisa rubs my arm in the kitchen like that, she actually wants something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
or at least leading up to it or starting that engagement. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at least we have these understandings and, and, and sometimes it's, we use code words. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can use text messages, mm-hmm. you can use notes, you can, whatever it may be for you guys, mm-hmm. it has to be known because expectations and what we're saying in our head, but not sharing ends up in a void in our spouse can't read our minds yeah, as, right. as long as you've been married. They probably can't read your mind. At least I've been married 23 years. We're about to go on 24 years. Mm-hmm. It is rare even to this point to be able to read our, read each other's minds. Yeah. Although yesterday I was saying something and I was just like, Oh, what's that word? And she spit it out <laughs> and we were with somebody and they're like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> You're getting closer <laughs> to being able to read each other's minds. You guys are making progress in that direction. <laughs> Yeah. But that is like, even that yeah. is a rare yeah. instance right. yeah. in 23 years of marriage and 26 years of knowing one. Mm-hmm. I'm curious though, like, so the beginning, maybe one of you was more hesitant to initiate, but now like as time has gone on, have you guys joined more in the middle with the way you do it or has it, has it changed or has it stayed a lot very much the same? Well, this actually goes back to the question that you guys asked a few minutes ago about, you know, when, when sex is scheduled, what are the emotions Mm -hmm. that come along with it? And being, I am by all definitions, the lower desire spouse that, that, and that can fluctuate too in marriage currently in the season, I'm probably lower desire. Mm -hmm. And with that, when we first started scheduling sex, for me, it actually was a relief because I knew I'm like, okay. So for us, our agreed upon was two times a week. And I knew what that was going to, you know, I knew our days and I knew, you know, kind of the whole parameter around that. So I was like, great. So once, once sex has happened twice a week, I knew that all the touches then that I was getting from Tony, all of that physical intimacy was really just because he loves me and he just wants to touch me and be close. Yeah. So what, like I didn't have to spend all the mental energy going, That's good. is he just trying to get me to bed? Mm-hmm. Is he just touching me because he wants sex? He wants something. Just, oh, yeah. He wants something. And so that actually brought this tremendous amount of relief. It also allowed me to begin to anticipate sex mm. and to get excited about it. Cause I was like, Oh, it's my day to plan. How am I going to do or my window? Cause we actually have three days each, okay. um, but it was my, my window to plan. So I could get excited about it. I could be intentional about it in my own way. Mm. And so it actually served to really erase a lot of the negative yeah. emotions and feelings I had towards sex. when I was always like, Oh, he just wants it again. Uh, you know, that type of thing. That's awesome. And you were able to notice without that pressure that he really was reaching for you. Cause I would assume then before that you probably felt like he only touches me to get something or mm-hmm. maybe it was- Oh yeah. And then she would turn, she'd turn over, you know, and I'd see her back. <laughs> you know what I mean? She'd, she'd make sure to be like, uh-huh. Oh, I gotta go to the restroom yeah. or the bathroom or you know what I mean? Or, oh, yeah. I have a headache. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. th- those types of things yeah. would come up mm-hmm. and, and now it's, not like that at all. And if, if anything, if we, if we get to a place even where we both may just feel tired or out of sorts, we still want to stay committed to what we said we were going to do. And so what it ends up doing, instead of one of us turning away from the other, we actually turn towards each other and we engage each other emotionally to go, where are you right now? What's going on? You know, can we, can we, can we work through where we're at so we can get foreplay started so we can engage one another sexually because we both love it. You enjoy each other. We enjoy this moment. And after 23 years of marriage, I will say that we have the best sex life. It is amazing. It's, it's better than when we were newly wed by our thoughts. 
That's awesome. And, but it's because we've learned to like, you know what? We can't just walk away from one another just because we're not feeling it. Right. right yeah. We have to engage one another right. again. And usually that's through our emotional intimacy. And, and maybe even sometimes it's just like, you know what? The lights are on. Turn the darn lights mm-hmm. off and put on the salt lamp or put on the candles or something. Mm-hmm. And that's changing the atmosphere. And But I, yeah. I love how you said, kind of drew attention to, okay, so if you're not feeling it, and you have it scheduled, it's not like this super awkward, okay, let's go straight into sex. There still is the element of let's connect on one of the, on the emotion level. Cause I know that, um, I know that women generally have to get there mentally. Like the guy, as it's been said, always has the elevator music on in his head and he's ready. <laughs> the woman generally has to go on a journey before she's willing to get in the elevator and go up. Mm. <laughs> and so that's a, good, that's a great analogy. I haven't heard it, but that's a fantastic analogy. I love it. So, so I guess I, I love though how you, how you guys said that. It's like, okay, so let's connect emotionally to get us to the point where we could start even considering meeting each other on that sexual level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a big deal that some people need to like process through and, and understand right. that that needs to happen first. It's not a rejection of anyone, but maybe you just need to sit there a little bit with what's going on in their head first mm-hmm. and help wrap that up for them so that we can go to a new space. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to get really nuts and bolts here, um, you guys mentioned that when you talk about scheduling sex, you're not necessarily saying, okay, Tuesday at 9.07, right? right. Um, but you mentioned, uh, Elisa, that, you have a window, right? Like a three day window. Can you expound upon that so that folks might want to, they might want to adopt that model? Absolutely. And we, and we can share some other models too, that we know of in the one family. So when Tony and I were having this initial conversation, we had, you know, come up with the number two. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, all right, well, there are seven days in a week that splits into two easy three day periods. Right. And so Tony has the privilege to initiate on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Okay. Has and the, I have privilege. the privilege. It is. I like that. Beautiful. Yes. Because, because it, it, it's a gift. It's, it's connection. That's a privilege to be able to do that. Yeah. I have the privilege on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Mm-hmm. And we call Saturday our bonus day or our off day. Okay. Well, it's usually our off day. It's, it's usually an off day. It's but... more off day. And then a bonus day <laughs> if, happens if and happens. Feeling. But Saturday is yeah. usually off day. Yeah. Tony's yeah. all, let's clarify. Because <laughs> <laughs> bonus sounds like it's happening more times than not. It's and I would say it's day. more off day than bonus. Got it. Yes. But, but what that's allowed us to do is, you know, because, you know, we sit down, you know, usually on Sunday or, you know, we're driving in the car and I'm kind of like scrolling through my phone going, okay, here's what we've got on the calendar for this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And already we're starting we're to go, okay, to what is this going to look like? When are we going to be able to take advantage of maybe kids being out of the house? Or if you've got little kids with this nap time or, or you're looking at the week and you're like, wow, we've got something going on every night this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to need to look for other times to have sex because right. coming home at 10 o'clock and then falling into bed after a big meal mm-hmm. and meetings, you're like, I'm just tired. Right. right. So we get really intentional and in looking for those windows nice. where it's going to, and, and even during the days, like, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if it's my day to initiate and all of a sudden he's like, I've just got this pounding headache. And I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe. Although sometimes sex can be a great cure for headaches because the orgasm actually, you know, physiologically mm-hmm. helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we have developed the ability to be much more intentional mm-hmm. about those conversations. And to be really clear, Tony and I did not talk about sex 
like, like this, the way we do in the early years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. This is a learned skill that we've been practicing for the last 10 and a half years on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if some of your listeners are like, Oh my gosh, like they're just so it's practice. <laughs> yeah. Good. It's, you have, you have to, tr- it's a new muscle. It's a skill. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. And, and it's interesting because I'll, I'll, I'll share that, you know, because of the way we've blocked those days, you know, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are mine. And if Sunday comes and goes and Monday comes and goes, well, you, you better believe it's happening. Uh-huh. It, it, it just it's is. Right. And that's, and that can happen. Uh-huh. And we can get into sort of a routine of that happening. So we have to break out of that, or I have to break out of that, but it's going to happen mm-hmm. on Tuesday, some way, shape or form. It may be in the morning it may be in the afternoon. It may be in the evening or the middle of the night. <laughs> That has happened too. Yeah, yeah. It can. Uh, typically, I am a hard sleeper, though. I'm, yeah. like, I'm out. Every once in a while, we 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 press. Yeah, we we press. We press in hard all day long. And so when I hit my when my head hits the bill, I am done. Yeah, yeah. See you later. Um, but that happens, sure. and it's it's okay. It, it doesn't mean that we don't like. Oh, well, you waited till Tuesday. No, it just that's what happens. Sure. Sometimes. It'll happen on Sunday morning yeah. when we're waking up because the kids are asleep or it may happen on, you know, Monday, you know, after we work out because we're in the shower mm-hmm. and the kids, you know, are, are messing around. But we got the shower on and we just have a quick eat. Nice. So it gives us the ability to ebb and flow with one another um, in a way that doesn't make it like you're saying, Carissa, Tuesday at 907. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Hey, friends, we'll be right back to our interview. But one quick note. If you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. Um, yeah. Just because I, I feel like there are couples out there too that it's not for lack of, I have no desire for you because maybe the person's open for it, but um, they just are forgetful, but they really want the other person to initiate. So like mm-hmm. the one spouse is like, please initiate, please initiate, but it never happens because the one person's always the initiator and, and the yeah. spouse is kind of, it's just forgetful. And so that person is left feeling, I'm just not wanted. You, you, okay. you might just, don't, you don't see me as beautiful. You don't see me as ha- like desirable, handsome, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, how would you coach that sort of person or either the forgetful person or the person that's normally the initiator? Yeah. So the person that's forgetful, um, I'm a big believer in, in the reminders on your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of things about the phones in marriage that I'm like, okay, that's not a good thing. But the, the alert feature, mm-hmm. whether it's reminding to get her flowers, reminding to buy him his favorite, you know, drink or goodie or whatever, or even remembering like, Hey, these are your days to initiate. Okay. I would put that on. I would put that as a reminder on my phone. Yes. All right, yeah. good. Because here's the thing you just and put it on at different times, you know, whatever you have to do, because if it matters to you, you're going to devise a strategy yeah. 
if it matters to your spouse, you're going to devise a strategy as you're building your marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, if you have to, if it's putting up a note in the bathroom mirror, yeah. we've got couples that we work with and they got all kinds of post-it notes in their bathroom. <laughs> yes. I like that. Figure out what works for you. Don't let, well, I'm just forgetful or I'm a procrastinator. Don't, what I tell people all the time in coaching, I'm like, don't take on that identity. Yeah. It's not one that's going to serve you well. Mm-hmm. And, and that reminder too, is only for that, that person that individual in the marriage, it doesn't necessarily need to go to your spouse and get on their calendar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more, it's more of a reminder for yourself to go. Yep. Today I am initiating. Mm-hmm. Today is the day I'm going to be the one who's going to romance my spouse throughout the day. Today is the day that I'm going to make sure I, I write a note or send a sexy text message. So that reminder is more of like for you mm-hmm. to just go, Oh, okay. Like if, if, if we're doing, if we're doing something like affirmations or we're reading or we're praying, um, these are things that I have on my phone because mm-hmm. yeah. I want to stay on top. Yes. Yeah. They're important. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it makes a difference in my daily mental space and, mm-hmm. and how I come and, and lead the one family yeah. and even my own family. Right. And so if initiating in sexual intimacy is important and the emotional intimacy around that, put it on your calendar. It's okay. We all have reminders in some way, shape or form. Unfortunately, in our world, everybody thinks that if we had to do something like that, then we're less than in our, in our sexual, in our sexual pursuit of our spouse. And it's, that's not the case at all. We're busy. Yeah. We we got a lot on our plate. There's things going on. And, but if that just gives you a little nudge to go, Oh yeah, you know what? For sure. Do it. Well, and I would even say, test it. See what happens if you've got that reminder and see yeah. what the response is yes. yeah. from your spouse when all of a sudden the, you're like walking up to them like, hey, meet me in the bedroom in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're going to fall over. So you may actually have to carry them. To <laughs> um, but you start doing that. Uh-huh. And, and I would or say- even one, one of Elisa's, which I always love is, especially when the kids are not here. You know, if the kids are here, this wouldn't happen, but the kids aren't here. I can walk in through the door or maybe I'm downstairs and she'll say, hey, come up to the bedroom. I'm like, all right. And so as I'm coming up to the bedroom, she's basically just standing in the doorway naked. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> here we go. Be lying to the door. Like, yeah. oh, we're, we're, we're good. Like, here we go. Yeah. And, Thank you, Jesus. All right. So yeah. We'll make it happen. I, I, I was somewhere else, but let me just yeah. get my uh-huh. thoughts together and let's go. There you go. <laughs> well, and Adam, to go to your question on, you know, the person that feels more rejected, mm-hmm. um, maybe they're the one who's usually the initiator. That might be a really good time for them to explore coaching. Yeah. Right. There's or counseling. There's stuff that they need to work through, especially if this has been a pattern of behavior in the marriage for a really long time. Um, because sometimes those really negative emotions can actually prevent them from being able to receive their spouse and what their spouse is trying to do. Yeah. And so getting into that place where where you can actually see the progress mm-hmm. that your spouse is making when they're, when they are initiating, when they're sending you a love note or a sexy text message, or maybe just standing in front of you naked mm-hmm. and you're like, because they want to be able to be there, but sometimes all of that yuck has built up so long yeah. that they got to clear out the yuck in order to be able to. Totally. It. Yeah. That's so right. And it could be for that. a variety of reasons, but um, you know, I've had clients where, you know, the, the initiation wasn't as, sexy as they wanted it to be or they have that hyped up version hollywood version of what it is and they're like well that didn't live up to my expectation yeah and oftentimes it's because of pornography 
you know, where they're, yes. they have, they have this expectation of what initiation looks like. And so right. when their spouse says, you know, well, what time tonight would be a good time to have sex? And that's the way they're initiating. Yeah. And, and they're like, they, they reject it when yeah. they're like the higher drive spouse because of their expectations that have been set up mm-hmm. from pornography mm-hmm. use. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Counseling and coaching can be a really helpful tool for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Any other tips or um, helpful advice in, in this vein that would help couples achieve that connection that they want mm-hmm. during the week? Any other things? I was going to say, you set this up for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Okay. You set it up for 30 days. You, you, you see what works. You see what doesn't work. And then you come back to it again. Mm-hmm. In marriage, I think so many of us think like, oh, we're just going to get married and everything's going to be great. And we're never going to have to <laughs> do anything on it. We're never going to have to fine tune it. We're never going to, it's just going to go. We're going to live in this absolute bliss for the rest of our lives. And mm-hmm. boom, amen. Until we pass away. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I think something with like scheduling sex and the intimacy lifestyle, it's one of those things that you start for 30 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See yeah. what worked, assess it, reevaluate it, mm-hmm. be willing to come to each other and be truthful with what you liked and what you didn't like. Fabulous. That. And then from there, tweak it again for another 30 days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did that work out better for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? That did. That didn't, you know, yeah. and then just constantly tweak it. And Elise and I have been doing the intimacy lifestyle now, like I said, for gosh, 11 years. Mm-hmm. And we we settled on those two times a week and it's been perfect for us. And we, we still are tweaking things at mm-hmm. times. Sure. What does initiating look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, what what does it look like during different seasons? Like when football season is happening, <laughs> it's a different story. We got we got we a high school football we player, a, gotcha. a, but we our our boy has been playing since he was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a senior. Mm-hmm. Football season and initiating and running the intimacy lifestyle during that season vastly different mm-hmm. than the rest of the year. Right. Yep. So yeah. in Especially different you're in seasons, your your the way you initiate or how often or what it looks like changes. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things I would say to this, just, you know, as a complete blanket statement is that your sexual intimacy is an ongoing conversation. Yeah. It's not just, well, we're going to discuss this on our honeymoon and then we're never going to talk about it again. <laughs> yes. it, 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 you should, I mean, it's like talking about money. It's like talking about the kids. It's like talking about what's going on at the grocery store. Like as couples get into this place where it becomes more comfortable and less taboo, then you get to have these conversations and work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. The different places where you may be, the different stressors you might be having yeah. in order to have that extraordinary do you guys, aspect. Of do you guys also schedule out like your talk to talk about sex? Kind of like you would money or budgeting or like, hey, let's talk about this. Or you probably have in the past, but. Yeah. I mean, that that because of the One Extraordinary Marriage show is basically weekly. Mm-hmm. That that has happened some aspect of- over the last 10 and a half years, some way, some shape or form. We're, we're talking about our sexual intimacy because we're looking at what's happening even with our own lives, mm-hmm. others, and then we're assessing and we're talking and we come together and we'll share that on the show. So Got it. for us, it's not so much of like, this is a time. It's not outside the, the show. <laughs> right. Well, but we have a, a resource yep. um, that a lot of couples use, which is our coffee break. Okay. And part of what some of the questions in there talk about enough gourmet time. Yeah. Right. And so, how, so there's a way and a tool and a resource for couples to be able to have this conversation on a regular basis. Nice. 
and be able to use that resource so that they're not like, oh, okay, well, how do I bring this up? Okay. Well, you know, if Tony and Lisa said to ask the question, then it's on them. Yeah, right? I like yeah. that. So the, the coffee break, is that a handout that we can link in the show notes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have that. Okay. We have that. We have 19 questions to amazing sex, okay. mm-hmm. which is, which is much deeper, Adam, um, because that one really starts going in. I mean, we really start getting into this, like, let's open up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let, let's share these things yeah. And, yeah. and, and not be embarrassed about our sexuality and how our yeah. bodies were made to connect yeah. and allow you as a couple to maybe go through one or two of those mm-hmm. You can go through all of them if you want, but maybe it's just a little bit at a time, you know, it's like, oh, we can do that one. But, you know, right now I'm not too comfortable talking about this. Uh Okay, we'll start with the ones that you feel comfortable and then come back and begin to expand on that. So good. Good. Yes, that's that's awesome. I love that. What, What you're talking about, Tony, is normalizing the conversations around sex and sexuality so that it's not this taboo topic. It needs to be it needs to be open and sometimes they, couples just don't know where to start. That's a lot of feedback we heard when yeah. we first started Dear Young Married Couple. And we focused a lot on intimacy and different aspects of intimacy, sure. including yeah. sexual intimacy. But people were just like, I don't know where to start yeah. with this conversation. And that's why yeah. we developed expectations, which is similar to it sounds yes. like your 19 questions. Um, but yes, folks, it's okay to have these conversations. You need to be having these conversations. Yes, you really do. So that leads to these guys. Sorry, real quick. I just wanted to remind Elisa. So they're sex vacation cards. Yes. They're on Amazon. They're fantastic. We have plenty of people in the one family who purchase them. So you guys, if you're listening, make sure you grab them because, uh-huh. oh, thank you know, you. there's no better way than just to be driving down the road without kids in the car. Um, and then you just can pull something out like that. Same with, with the 19 mm-hmm. questions. I mean, mm-hmm. Elise and I will do those on a drive and it's just we're like, mm-hmm. it's just, we're driving and we're talking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. And, and that makes a drive very interesting, doesn't enjoy. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Right, somebody just zoning out on their phone. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. So that leads us really well into our next question. What uh, resources do you recommend for couples, maybe in this on this topic or on the on marriage topic, I guess, in general, uh, that people really ought to listen to or read what would you where would you point people so we have the intimacy lifestyle planner okay and i mean and if you're if you're all about it if you've been listening you're like you know what this sounds interesting and it's something we need to do we came up with the planner because so many in the one family were like well how do i do it i heard you talk about about what are all the components okay so we, we put together the Intimacy Lifestyle Planner. I would grab it, pick it up. It's going to have these questions that you're going to ask one another. It has a calendar in there, okay. um, 30 days that mm-hmm. you you know, you know mark out the days and you start filling it out. Fabulous. And we do this at our, yep. And we do this at our conference mm-hmm. and people love it. And they're just like, oh, I finally understand what we're going to so do cool. for mm. us. And is that on yeah. Amazon? No. Um, can I give the link? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll link it in the okay. show notes. Perfect. We'll link it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one extraordinary marriage.com slash IL planner. IL planner. Okay. Yeah. So we'll link that. Um, anything else? Other books, resources. We'll link your podcast. What else? Yeah. As I say, because we have a number of shows um, around. As I say, we've done a lot of shows around scheduling sex uh-huh. um, yeah. over the years. And, and you know, as as couples, I mean, I think the one thing that that I would say that comes down to in terms of a resource, your biggest resource as a couple is the time that you have, mm. right? And so looking at your calendar and saying, you know what, where are we going to put 30 minutes a week to just be 
us mm-hmm. to talk about these things, to, mm-hmm. to check in with one another, to go beyond, hey, we've got, you know, dinner with the Smiths on Thursday and, you know, Johnny's got soccer on Friday mm-hmm. and, and, you know, these types of things. But to go, okay, how, it's your number one resource. So good, yeah. Excellent. And what we see over, you know, you guys, you know, and I love the name of your show, Dear Young Married Couple, because we're seeing folks into their 20s, 30s, 40 years mm-hmm. married. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that they realize as they get to that point is there were a lot of missed opportunities mm-hmm. in the early years. Mm-hmm. So whether we're talking sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy, finding whatever it is, start putting 30 minutes a week on your calendar and make that time sacred for the two of you. Mm. Biggest resource. So good. All right. That's a great piece of advice. We're going to transition into the end of our podcast here where we ask you to write the Dear Young Married Couple letter. And um, before we do that, we'll ask our audience, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, take a moment. And if you'll rate and review the podcast, it just helps it reach many, many more couples. And we really, really appreciate it. Okay. So here we go, folks. Dear Young Married Couple, and then you'll fill in the blank with advice that you wish you would have received in the beginning of your marriage. Are we both doing it? Going back and forth? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. But you go first because I okay. know you're like ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so dear young married couple. All right. Oh, am I filling in the blank? Yes. Oh. Play the game. Okay. Dear young married couple. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Yeah, you do. What'd you say? Oh, is this that part? Yes. Oh, I didn't know this part. <laughs> This is this is 23 years of marriage. <laughs> so let's try this again. Oh, okay. Dear young married couple. Use lube. Absolutely. <laughs> we actually, like, this is no joke. If you are a young married couple and you don't know about lubricants and have tried lubricants, um, you're missing out. We actually, I give you do? Uber lube to, at every bridal shower I'm invited to. Nice. It's my favorite. I believe in it that much because here's the thing. You don't want to start your married sex life Mm -hmm. with friction. Mm -hmm. So eliminate the friction or pain. Exactly. Because you don't want that memory seared in. Mm -hmm. Super super practical. (laughs) It is super practical. Not something that people talk about. Exactly. It's good. Okay, Elisa, your turn. Dear young married couple. Dear young married couple, be intentional. You were intentional to get married. You were intentional during your courtship. You were intentional about the wedding. Mm -hmm. The intentionality doesn't stop after the I do's. It actually becomes much more important after the two of you, you know, because you're going to be introducing kids, you're going to be buying homes, you're going to be doing all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, what do the two of you have together is absolutely what everything else is built on. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being willing to uh, talk about this uh, very needed topic. I know it is. People may not think so, but I know that intimacy is important and we are all very busy people. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a very good topic. So thank you for uh, coaching us through this. Yes. Folks, if you want to get in touch with Tony and Elisa, you can contact them at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And uh, you can also get in touch with them on Instagram or Facebook, One Extraordinary Marriage. And um, they've got lots of good resources. Again, we'll be linking some things in the show notes here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. 
give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.